How we doing, family? It is your boy, Jonah Lambright, one of the most authentic preachers you will ever hear. And this is my podcast, Church from the Other Side. And in today's episode, my topic is believing you are meant for greatness. A problem with many people is that they have a hard time believing that they can be great. Most people don't realize that God has placed seeds of greatness in them. And with the right environment and with the right nourishment, anyone can be great. And when I say greatness, I'm not talking about in some spiritual way or, you know, we're all all great in our special way. I really mean greatness by the world's definition, you know, being better than average. And I know that many Christians will take offense to this kind of teaching. But just know, greatness is biblical. God makes people great. In Genesis 24, 35, we read that God had blessed Abraham, and as a result, that blessing made him great. And I don't believe that that was his story only. I believe that God is for all of us achieving greatness if we are walking according to his purpose for our lives. You know, what people have to realize is that when you are walking in God's purpose, greatness can come as a result. Another verse would be Proverbs 4, verse 8. Uh, It says, you know, if you prize wisdom, she will make you great. Embrace her and she will honor you. We were meant to be great. But if God is going to make you great, there's there's a process that you have to go through when you're trying to be great with God. And that process might involve you being brought low for a season. That's just the reality. But God's overall goal is to increase you. Especially if you if he finds that you are faithful. And a problem is that too many people settle. Too many people settle. You know, they don't aim high. They keep their goals really low. Your goal in life should not be to work a dead end job that just pays your bills. You know, I don't I rarely meet people who have low aspirations for life, but this is how some people live. This is all they aspire to do. They don't aspire to have more. And honestly, if you are there, that's okay because, you know, I've been there as well and we have to start somewhere, but it shouldn't be the only thing you desire for your life. You know, I mean, if that's all you desire, then you have lost touch with the nature that God has placed inside of you. And it's not a selfish desire to want more out of life. You know, sometimes when I talk about this kind of stuff, people think that my mind is only on satisfying the desires of the flesh. But it's really about being in alignment with man's true nature, with man's purpose. The desire to do something great and to be great is God given. You know, in the beginning, God created mankind to be great. You know, the word says that he created man in his own image. He blessed them and said, be fruitful and multiply. Populate the earth, conquer it. And he said like that we would have dominion over the animals. You know, just the fact that you were made in God's image and he took the time to breathe his breath into you should let you know that you were designed for a better life than the animals. You know, animals, their life is driven by survival and nothing else. They don't have a purpose. They don't have a preference about where they live or what they eat. But we do. You know, our purpose goes deeper than just survival. God created us to do 
great things while we are here on this earth to conquer it. You know, when you read that word, it's for us would be to conquer, but in the Hebrew is a different word. And that word in the Hebrew would mean subdue, to bring into bondage. And, other, and it kind of lets you know that there is an effort on our part to build upon the earth, to create the world into something, to bring it into order, to add your touch to the world. You know, he didn't just speak these words just to humankind, but really every person, person specifically has this word built into them. And that's where the desire for greatness comes from. God spoke a word over mankind. And I think that many of us are afraid to strive for greatness because we don't think it's for us. We think that some people are born for it and others are not, or we're not. And I know I myself used to believe the same thing. I would always be fascinated with people who were more successful than I was and who have done things successfully, successfully that I've always wanted to do. And I would always try to learn from their success formula and duplicate it. But I usually didn't find myself getting very far despite having their formula because I found there were certain things they would suggest that just didn't fit with the way that I do things, with the way that I was designed. For example, me and my best friend, we are complete opposites from each other. The things I'm really good at, he's not. And the things that he's really good at, I'm kind of bad at. And oftentimes, I'd feel insecure about myself because I couldn't follow my friend's method for success. You know, how come when, for instance, how come when we play basketball, he would pick up his dribbling and shooting technique faster than I did? You know what I mean? How come I didn't have that motivation he seemed to have? And I started to doubt my self-worth as an individual because I thought, like, doing things the way he did it was the only way I would have greatness and success. My problem wasn't me trying to improve myself. You know, there's nothing wrong with trying to improve yourself because we all have a better version that we should strive for. My problem was that I was trying to do things in a way that conflicted with the way that God had made me. You know, God gave him certain giftings that allowed him to do the things he did, giftings that work differently than mine. So if I used his formula, it wouldn't work out for me. I would burn myself out. And I had to realize that I was gifted and I had to perfect those things that I was gifted at. I had to realize that I was funny and I had to work on perfecting that. I had, I had to realize I had a gift for helping people achieve their breakthrough and I worked on that. I had to rediscover some old giftings that I thought were worthless because they didn't seem as cool compared to everyone else's. But now I realize that's not true. And I started walking content in the way that God made me. And I gave and God gave and that gave me confidence to be a better version of myself. See, a lot of people are so busy comparing themselves to others that they don't see what they have. They're so concerned about what other people have that they cannot enjoy what God has blessed them with. And they may not even realize that God has blessed them with a great gifting. Like I had to realize about myself. You may not think that you aren't laugh out loud funny or because you aren't as smart as other people, you are disqualified from achieving greatness, but that's not true. See, the only thing that's stopping you from achieving greatness is the way you think about yourself. And you'll have a hard time trying to be great comparing or copying someone else's formula. 
It's like the story of Saul wanting David to wear his armor for the fight with Goliath. The armor that Saul gave David represented his success formula, what he thought David would need to win the battle. But David had enough confidence in who he was and who God created him to be to know that that armor was of no use to him. You know, he tried it on, walked around and realized that he cannot use this armor and that he was better off using what he knew, which was the slingshot. And I feel like too many people are losing because they're trying to use someone else's formula, someone else's armor. Use what you know instead. Because once you realize that you have a gifting, when I tell you that you have the same potential as a Jay-Z or a Barack Obama or that successful person you know or and wish you could be like, uh, you know, it's easier to believe it. You know, it's easy to believe that God created you for greatness. It's easy to, it's only hard to believe when you doubt God's word for your life. Understand, regardless of your circumstances, you are meant for greatness. You just have to grab a hold of this revelation that God created you to do something great and walk in it. And that is what will set you free. Start, stop being a victim and start your path to greatness. How we doing, family? It is your boy, Jonah Lambright, one of the most authentic preachers you will ever hear. And this is my podcast, Church from the Other Side. And today I'm going to be talking about true spirituality in the church. You know, one of the goals of this podcast is to open up people to the spiritual reality of Christianity. You know, there are Christians who have been going to church all their lives and are still unaware of spiritual things, even though it's something they inherited through Jesus, even though it's something that's talked about in their Bibles. You know, for someone to understand spiritual things, they have to be awakened to it. You know, they need their eyes of their heart to be opened. And I think part of the reason why you have many Christians who are unaware of spiritual things is because churches are neglecting the spiritual aspects of Christianity. You know, the eyes of people's hearts aren't being opened because no one is teaching them. Many churches treat spirituality as an option. In fact, some churches don't even believe in spirituality, at least not in the way that Paul and other New Testament writers understood spirituality. They teach a secular version of Christianity. So if you're going to church, you know, you want to make sure that you're going to a place where they're teaching the full gospel and not a partial secular gospel that won't help you grow more like Christ. There are still good churches out there because I go to one and I can recommend many, you know, especially in the Philly, Jersey area. However, that's only, there's only a few churches that are really about the spirituality, despite church's reputation for being spiritual. You know, people think that their church is spiritual because they have good music, because the sermon's on another level, or because they have community. You know what I mean? People just want to go to church to feel good, but the reality is, you know, despite all those good things, the spiritual activity is actually non-existent. And here's an example. In the Bible, in Revelations, actually, you know, Jesus gives a message to seven churches in the first few chapters of Revelation. And one of the messages he gives is to a church called Sardis. And Jesus is not happy with that church. 
You see, the church would be considered successful by the world standards. They had a reputation for being alive, Jesus says. But yet, in his eyes, they were dead. In God's eyes, that church was a failure. And we got to really understand why. Why would that church be a failure despite the fact it had a reputation for being alive? Understand, right, the things that, the superficial things that we're impressed by don't impress God. Like, God's not impressed by how good the worship team is or how charismatic the pastor is. He's not impressed by the number of people you have in the seats. What God really cares about is how well you host his presence because that's what makes a church alive. You know, for something to have life in it, it must have spirit. When God created man, you know what I mean? We were not living until he breathed life into us. You know, it's the spirit of God that brings life. As people, you know, we can build a lot of things. You know, we can build a robot that's almost human, but it would never be a living thing because it wouldn't have, you know, that nefesh, which is like the Hebrew word for spirit. And, you know, it's the same way, way with the church. We can manufacture a lot of things, but we cannot manufacture the spirit. The spirit is only something that God can provide. He has to breathe life into things. And we can see at most we could just make a cheap knockoff, an imitation. We need the spirit to bring life into our churches. You know, we don't need better songs or better sermons. We need more spirit. But the thing, see, when you neglect spirituality, the church is not going to function the right way when you neglect spirituality, you know, despite your best intentions. Think about it. Why do you have churches where the majority of members are struggling to overcome sin? You know, you have churches where the people go every week but still aren't growing. And it's deeper than people just being flawed. It's not that Christianity doesn't work. It's not that they don't have any intention of getting themselves together. They don't have a understanding of the spiritual function. Show me a church where people are focused on spiritual things like the presence, like growing more like Jesus Christ, like the kingdom. And I'll show you a church of very little dysfunction. Show me a church like that and I'll show you a church where the people are living pure lives without constantly backsliding. And that's not to say that it never happens, but it's not as much as you would see in other churches. You know, there's a difference between a church that focuses on the spiritual things Versus a church that just does whatever to, you know, get people into the seats. And I do give the church props. You know, I mean, we definitely are doing work in the community. You know, we're trying to build up broken people. We're trying to teach them right from wrong. You know, I'm not going to tell you the church doesn't have a positive impact in the world, spiritual or non-spiritual. However, none of these things were meant to be a substitute for spirituality. I mean, good works and self-effort is not a substitute for the Holy Spirit's work in your life. But that's what people do. We try to replace the Spirit with other things. You know, just because something is functioning doesn't mean it's functioning in the proper way. You know what I mean? Like a heart can function with a bunch of fat on it. That doesn't mean that heart is functioning the correct way if it's not beating like at a proper rate or whatever, you know? See, we think that Churches are spiritual because we have gotten good at faking spirituality. You know, I mean, a lot of churches, spirituality is more about the feeling, right? They'll say something like, I went on a mountain. I saw a beautiful flower and I realized how insignificant I am. That's a spiritual story. Or someone will hear a choir sing a song and it made them feel good and warm and fuzzy. 
and that would be a spiritual experience for them. How about this? I talked to a homeless person and made me realize how selfish I am and I need to be more grateful. That's my spiritual experience. But true spirituality is going to bring you closer to God and make you more like Jesus. Because that is the nature of your spirit. Your spirit craves the things of God. It wants to be holy. It wants to avoid the things of the flesh. It wants to do God's will. You know, the flesh is willing, but the spirit is weak, is what Jesus said. Our spirit is weak. You know, so those fake spiritual experiences will make you a better person, maybe. However, how is that going to help you conquer your sin nature? You know, how is that going to help you get your prayers answered? How is that going to bring breakthrough in your life? How is that going to help you forgive that person who did you wrong? Spirituality isn't about your feeling. It's, it's about being conformed to the image of Christ. You know, and the way we get there isn't by listening to a choir sing Good, Good Father or hearing the greatest sermon ever. It's about spiritual understanding. Like, for instance, there is a church of Beyonce right now. You know, I seen a video about it the other day. And let me tell you, man, a church looked tight. They, they have the church formula down packed, better than most churches. They have a good choir who sings Beyonce songs, better than your average worship team. They have sermons that make you believe in yourself. They probably do work in the community. In the natural, they're doing things better than most churches. See, if you're basing spirituality on the sermons and choirs, then Beyonce Church is better than yours. Yet, there's one thing she doesn't have, right? The presence of God. You know what I mean? She may have all the, the fancy things, but does she have the presence? Does she have the spirit? It's like I said, anyone can duplicate the church model. But one thing you cannot duplicate is the presence of God. You know, no one's going to go to the church of Beyonce and get free from their addiction or have a life-changing encounter with God. You know what I mean? That's what church is supposed to be about. People don't realize the power they possess in the spiritual, and they walk around defeated. You know what I mean? They, they don't understand their spiritual power. You know what I mean? It's getting to the point, right, where, you know, one of the things that the Spirit helps you do is conquer your sin nature. But instead of trying to conquer sin through the blood of Jesus— you know, now we're trying to redefine what sin is so they don't have to change their ways. You know what I mean? And that's because we don't understand the spiritual functions. You know, some churches won't even tell you that fornication is a sin. Like, you'd be surprised how crazy churches can be when there is no proper spiritual function. See, the issue isn't the sin itself, but rather the lack of spiritual maturity. Because the power of the cross sets you free from sin. You know, when it comes to any kind of sin, whether it's lust, drunkenness, pride, greed, violence. You know, people are set free from it when they come to Christ. When you add Christ into their lives, they are set free. You know, the gospel message is about setting people free from sin through Christ. People try to claim their sin is who they are, and this is who I am, and I can't change, but you can change. Jesus has set you free. But the issue is you've been trying to do it through your own strength. We know what the word says. The word says it is not done by might. It is not done through power, but it is done by my spirit. So you can only change when you embrace the spiritual realities of the resurrected life. And real talk, if we are being a spiritual church, you're not going to have to 
constantly be condemning sins because the Holy Spirit would do the job of convicting people. You know, preaching condemnation to sinners every Sunday is really not what spirituality is all about. You know, anything that takes the place of the Holy Spirit is what I would call fake spirituality. You catching that? Like anything that would take the place of the Holy Spirit is fake spirituality. And we really need to give back to our spiritual foundation. You know, God doesn't want us to be the same as everyone else in the world. He gives us power to set us apart from every other spiritual path. You know, true spirituality will elevate you to another level. Amen. And that's pretty much all I have for you guys. Thank you for listening. God bless. How we doing, family? It is your boy, Jonah Lambright, one of the most authentic preachers you will ever hear. And this is my podcast, Church from the Other Side. And today I'm going to be talking about true spirituality in the church. You know, one of the goals of this podcast is to open up people to the spiritual reality of Christianity. You know, there are Christians who have been going to church all their lives and are still unaware of spiritual things, even though it's something they inherited through Jesus, even though it's something that's talked about in their Bibles. You know, for someone to understand spiritual things, they have to be awakened to it. You know, they need their eyes of their heart to be opened. And I think part of the reason why you have many Christians who are unaware of spiritual things is because churches are neglecting the spiritual aspects of Christianities. You know, the eyes of people's hearts aren't being opened because no one is teaching them. Many churches treat spirituality as an option. In fact, some churches don't even believe in spirituality, at least not in the way that Paul and the other New Testament writers understood spirituality. They teach a secular version of Christianity. So if you're going to church, you know, you want to make sure that you're going to a place where they're teaching the full gospel and not a partial secular gospel that won't help you grow more like Christ. There are still good churches out there because I go to one and I can recommend many, you know, especially in the Philly, Jersey area. However, that's only, there's only a few churches that are really about the spirituality, despite church's reputation for being spiritual. You know, people think that their church is spiritual because they have good music, because the sermon's on another level, or because they have community. You know what I mean? People just want to go to church to feel good, but the reality is, you know, despite all those good things, the spiritual activity is actually non-existent. And here's an example. In the Bible, in Revelations, actually, you know, Jesus gives a message to seven churches in the first few chapters of Revelation. And one of the messages he gives is to a church called Sardis. And Jesus is not happy with that church. You see, the church would be considered successful by the world standards. They had a reputation for being alive, Jesus says. But yet, in his eyes, they were dead. In God's eyes, that church was a failure. And we got to really understand why. Why would that church be a failure despite the fact it had a reputation for being alive? Understand, right, the things that, the superficial things that we're impressed by don't impress God. Like, God's not impressed by how good the worship team is or how charismatic the pastor is he's not impressed by the number of people you have in the seats what god really cares about is how well you host his presence 
because that's what makes the church alive. You know, for something to have life in it, it must have spirit. When God created man, you know what I mean? We were not living until he breathed life into us. You know, it's the spirit of God that brings life. As people, you know, we can build a lot of things. You know, we can build a robot that's almost human, but it would never be a living thing because it wouldn't have, you know, that nefesh, which is like the Hebrew word for spirit. And, you know, it's the same way, way with the church. We can manufacture a lot of things, but we cannot manufacture the spirit. The spirit is only something that God can provide. He has to breathe life into things. And we can see at most we could just make a cheap knockoff, an imitation. We need the spirit to bring life into our churches. You know, we don't need better songs or better sermons. We need more spirit. But the thing, see, when you neglect spirituality, the church is not going to function the right way when you neglect spirituality, you know, despite your best intentions. Think about it. Why do you have churches where the majority of members are struggling to overcome sin? You know, you have churches where the people go every week but still aren't growing. And it's deeper than people just being flawed. It's not that Christianity doesn't work. It's not that they don't have any intention of getting themselves together. They don't have a understanding of the spiritual function. Show me a church where people are focused on spiritual things like the presence, like growing more like Jesus Christ, like the kingdom. And I'll show you a church of very little dysfunction. Show me a church like that and I'll show you a church where the people are living pure lives without constantly backsliding. And that's not to say that it never happens, but it's not as much as you would see in other churches. You know, there's a difference between a church that focuses on the spiritual things Versus a church that just does whatever to, you know, get people into the seats. And I do give the church props. You know, what I mean, we definitely are doing work in the community. You know, we're trying to build up broken people. We're trying to teach them right from wrong. You know, I'm not going to tell you the church doesn't have a positive impact in the world, spiritual or non-spiritual. However, none of these things were meant to be a substitute for spirituality. I mean, good works and self-effort is not a substitute for the Holy Spirit's work in your life. But that's what people do. We try to replace the Spirit with other things. You know, just because something is functioning doesn't mean it's functioning in the proper way. You know what I mean? Like a heart can function with a bunch of fat on it. That doesn't mean that heart is functioning the correct way if it's not beating like at a proper rate or whatever, you know? See, we think that Churches are spiritual because we have gotten good at faking spirituality. You know, I mean, a lot of churches, spirituality is more about fulfilling, right? They'll say something like, I went on a mountain, I saw a beautiful flower, and I realized how insignificant I am. That's a spiritual story. Or someone will hear a choir sing a song and it made them feel good and warm and fuzzy. And that would be a spiritual experience for them. How about this? I talked to a homeless person and made me realize how selfish I am and I need to be more grateful. That's my spiritual experience. But true spirituality is going to bring you closer to God and make you more like Jesus. Because that is the nature of your spirit. Your spirit craves the things of God. It wants to be holy. It wants to avoid the things of the flesh. It wants to do God's will. You know, the flesh is willing, but the spirit is weak, is what Jesus said. Our spirit is weak. 
you know so those fake spiritual experiences will make you a better person maybe however how is that going to help you conquer your sin nature you know how is that going to help you get your prayers answered how is that going to bring breakthrough in your life how is that going to help you forgive that person who did you wrong spirituality isn't about your feeling it's it's about being conformed to the image of christ you know, and the way we get there isn't by listening to a choir sing Good, Good Father or hearing the greatest sermon ever. It's about spiritual understanding. Like, for instance, there is a church of Beyonce right now. You know, I seen a video about it the other day. And let me tell you, man, a church looked tight. They, they have the church formula down packed, better than most churches. They have a good choir. Who sings Beyonce songs better than your average worship team? They have sermons that make you believe in yourself. They probably do work in the community. In the natural, they're doing things better than most churches. See, if you're basing spirituality on the sermons and choirs, then Beyonce church is better than yours. Yet, there's one thing she doesn't have, right? The presence of God. You know what I mean? She may have all the... The fancy things, but does she have the presence? Does she have the spirit? It's like I said, anyone can duplicate the church model, but one thing you cannot duplicate is the presence of God. You know, no one's going to go to the church of Beyonce and get free from their addiction or have a life-changing encounter with God. You know what I mean? That's what churches are supposed to be about. People don't realize the power they possess in the spiritual, and they walk around defeated. You know what I mean? They, they don't understand their spiritual power. You know what I mean? It's getting to the point, right, where, you know, one of the things that the Spirit helps you do is conquer your sin nature. But instead of trying to conquer sin through the blood of Jesus, you know, now we're trying to redefine what sin is so they don't have to change their ways. You know what I mean? And that's because we don't understand their spiritual functions. You know, some churches won't even tell you that fornication is a sin. Like, you'd be surprised how crazy churches can be when there is no proper spiritual function see the issue isn't the sin itself but rather the lack of spiritual maturity because the power of the cross sets you free from sin you know when it comes to any kind of sin whether it's lust drunkenness pride greed violence you know people are set free from it when they come to christ when you add christ into their lives they are set free you know, the gospel message is about setting people free from sin through Christ. People try to claim their sin is who they are, and this is who I am, and I can't change, but you can change. Jesus has set you free. But the issue is you've been trying to do it through your own strength. But you know what the word says? The word says it is not done by might, it is not done through power, but it is done by my spirit. So you can only change when you embrace the spiritual realities of the resurrected life. And real talk, if we are being a spiritual church, you're not going to have to constantly be condemning sins because the Holy Spirit would do the job of convicting people. You know, preaching condemnation to sinners every Sunday is really not what spirituality is all about. You know, anything that takes the place of the Holy Spirit is what I would call fake spirituality. You catching that? Like anything that would take the place of the Holy Spirit is fake spirituality. And we really need to get back to our spiritual foundation. You know, God doesn't want us to be the same as everyone else in the world. He gives us power to set us apart from every other spiritual path. 
you know, true spirituality will elevate you to another level. Amen. And that's pretty much all I have for you guys. Thank you for listening. God bless. How we doing, family? It is your boy, Jonah Lambright, one of the most authentic preachers you will ever hear. And this is my podcast, Church from the Other Side. And today I'm going to be talking about true spirituality in the church. You know, one of the goals of this podcast is to open up people to the spiritual reality of Christianity. You know, there are Christians who have been going to church all their lives and are still unaware of spiritual things, even though it's something they inherited through Jesus, even though it's something that's talked about in their Bibles. You know, for someone to understand spiritual things, they have to be awakened to it. You know, they need their eyes of their heart to be opened. And I think part of the reason why you have many Christians who are unaware of spiritual things is because churches are neglecting the spiritual aspects of Christianities. You know, the eyes of people's hearts aren't being opened because no one is teaching them. Many churches treat spirituality as an option. In fact, some churches don't even believe in spirituality, at least not in the way that Paul and other New Testament writers understood spirituality. They teach a secular version of Christianity. So if you're going to church, you know, you want to make sure that you're going to a place where they're teaching the full gospel and not a partial secular gospel that won't help you grow more like Christ. There are still good churches out there because I go to one and I can recommend many, you know, especially in the Philly, Jersey area. However, that's only, there's only a few churches that are really about the spirituality, despite church's reputation for being spiritual. You know, people think that their church is spiritual because they have good music, because the sermon's on another level, or because they have community. You know I mean? People just want to go to church to feel good, but the reality is, you know, despite all those good things, the spiritual activity is actually non-existent. And here's an example. In the Bible, in Revelations, actually, you know, Jesus gives a message to seven churches in the first few chapters of Revelation. And one of the messages he gives is to a church called Sardis. And Jesus is not happy with that church. You see, the church would be considered successful by the world standards. They had a reputation for being alive, Jesus says. But yet, in his eyes, they were dead. In God's eyes, that church was a failure. And we got to really understand why. Why would that church be a failure despite the fact it had a reputation for being alive? Understand, right, the things that, the superficial things that we're impressed by don't impress God. Like, God's not impressed by how good the worship team is or how charismatic the pastor is he's not impressed by the number of people you have in the seats what god really cares about is how well you host his presence because that's what makes the church alive you know for something to have life in it it must have spirit when god created man you know i mean we were not living until he breathed life into us you know it's the spirit of god that brings life As people, you know, we can build a lot of things. You know, we can build a robot that's almost human, but it would never be a living thing because it wouldn't have, you know, that nefesh, which is like the Hebrew word for spirit. And, you know, it's the same way way with the church. We can manufacture a lot of things, but we cannot manufacture the spirit. 
The spirit is only something that God can provide. He has to breathe life into things. And we can see at most we could just make a cheap knockoff, an imitation. We need the spirit to bring life into our churches. You know, we don't need better songs or better sermons. We need more spirit. But the thing, see, when you neglect spirituality, the church is not going to function the right way when you neglect spirituality. You know, despite your best intentions. Think about it. Why do you have churches where the majority of members are struggling to overcome sin? You know, you have churches where the people go every week but still aren't growing. And it's deeper than people just being flawed. It's not that Christianity doesn't work. It's not that they don't have any intention of getting themselves together. They don't have a understanding of the spiritual function. Show me a church where people are focused on spiritual things like the presence, like growing more like Jesus Christ, like the kingdom. And I'll show you a church of very little dysfunction. Show me a church like that and I'll show you a church where the people are living pure lives without constantly backsliding. And that's not to say that it never happens, but it's not as much as you would see in other churches. You know, there's a difference between a church that focuses on the spiritual things versus a church that just does whatever to, you know, get people into the seats. And I do give the church props. You know what I mean? We definitely are doing work in the community. You know, we're trying to build up broken people. We're trying to teach them right from wrong. You know, I'm not going to tell you the church doesn't have a positive impact in the world, spiritual or non-spiritual. However, none of these things were meant to be a substitute for spirituality. I mean, good works and self-effort is not a substitute for the Holy Spirit's work in your life. But that's what people do. We try to replace the spirit with other things. You know, just because something is functioning doesn't mean it's functioning in the proper way. You know what I mean? Like a heart can function with a bunch of fat on it. That doesn't mean that heart is functioning the correct way. If it's not beating like at a proper rate or whatever, you know? See, we think that churches are spiritual because we have gotten good at faking spirituality. You know what I mean? A lot of churches, spirituality is more about the feeling, right? They'll say something like, I went on a mountain i saw a beautiful flower and i realized how insignificant i am that's your spiritual story or someone will hear a choir sing a song and it made them feel good and warm and fuzzy and that would be a spiritual experience for them how about this i talked to a homeless person and made me realize how selfish i am and i need to be more grateful that's my spiritual experience but true spirituality is going to bring you closer to God and make you more like Jesus. Because that is the nature of your spirit. Your spirit craves the things of God. It wants to be holy. It wants to avoid the things of the flesh. It wants to do God's will. You know, the flesh is willing, but the spirit is weak, is what Jesus said. Our spirit is weak. You know, so those fake spiritual experiences will make you a better person, maybe. However, how is that going to help you conquer your sin nature? You know, how is that going to help you get your prayers answered? How is that going to bring breakthrough in your life? How is that going to help you forgive that person who did you wrong? Spirituality isn't about your feeling. It's, it's about being conformed to the image of Christ. You know, and the way we get there isn't by listening to a choir sing Good, Good Father or hearing the greatest sermon ever. It's about spiritual understanding. 
Like, for instance, there is a church of Beyonce right now. You know, I seen a video about it the other day. And let me tell you, man, a church looked tight. They, they have the church formula down packed, better than most churches. They have a good choir who sings Beyonce songs better than your average worship team. They have sermons that make you believe in yourself. They probably do work in the community. In the natural, they're doing things better than most churches. See, if you're basing spirituality on the sermons and choirs, then Beyonce church is better than yours. Yet, there's one thing she doesn't have, right? The presence of God. You know what I mean? She may have all the, the fancy things, but does she have the presence? Does she have the spirit? It's like I said, anyone can duplicate the church model. But one thing you cannot duplicate is the presence of God. You know, no one's going to go to the church of Beyonce and get free from their addiction or have a life-changing encounter with God. You know what I mean? That's what church is supposed to be about. People don't realize the power they possess in the spiritual, and they walk around defeated. You know what I mean? They, they don't understand their spiritual power. You know what I mean? It's getting to the point, right, where, you know, one of the things that the Spirit helps you do is conquer your sin nature. But instead of trying to conquer sin through the blood of Jesus, you know, now we're trying to redefine what sin is so they don't have to change their ways. You know what I mean? And that's because we don't understand the spiritual functions. You know, some churches won't even tell you that fornication is a sin. Like, you'd be surprised how crazy churches can be when there is no proper spiritual function. See, the issue isn't the sin itself, but rather the lack of spiritual maturity. Because the power of the cross sets you free from sin. You know, when it comes to any kind of sin, whether it's lust, drunkenness, pride, greed, violence, you know, people are set free from it when they come to Christ. When you add Christ into their lives, they are set free. You know, the gospel message is about setting people free from sin through Christ. People try to claim if their sin is who they are, and this is who I am and I can't change, but you can change. Jesus has set you free. But the issue is you've been trying to do it through your own strength. We you know what the word says. The word says it is not done by might, it is not done through power, but it is done by my spirit. So you can only change when you embrace the spiritual realities of the resurrected life. And real talk, if we are being a spiritual church, you're not going to have to constantly be condemning sins because the Holy Spirit would do the job of convicting people. You know, preaching condemnation to sinners every Sunday is really not what spirituality is all about. You know, anything that takes the place of the Holy Spirit is what I would call fake spirituality. You catching that? Like anything that would take the place of the Holy Spirit is fake spirituality. And we really need to get back to our spiritual foundation. You know, God doesn't want us to be the same as everyone else in the world. He gives us power to set us apart from every other spiritual path. You know, true spirituality will elevate you to another level. Amen. And that's pretty much all I have for you guys. Thank you for listening. God bless.